0: Children are dismissed back to Praise Factory, and if you'd grab your Bible and turn to the book of Colossians, hi, thank you, thanks, nice, if you turn to the book of Colossians, we're going to start reading in, in chapter 4, starting in verse 2, and we'll read a uh, uh, Three verses, I found, even though it's a a short number of verses, there's an enormous amount of things that Paul is saying here. So we're going to read Colossians chapter 4, starting in in verse 2. We'll read to verse 4, and then we'll pray. Paul says this to the church. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. To declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you speak to us in your word. You created the universe with your word, you create your people with your word. The scriptures say that faith comes by believing and believing by the word of Christ. We thank you that when we needed a savior, that you sent your son who was with you from the beginning. John says that he was God and calls him the word. He was with you. He was with God. He was God. You spoke Him into our world, and He expressed you, your mind, your heart, perfectly. We thank you that you've left us this preserved record of truth. In the scriptures, in your word, Lord, that we might know what it is that we're called to believe, how we're called to live, the standards that we're held to, the grace that you show to us. We thank you for the word. And so we thank you for the reassurances that it brings. We thank you, even though at times they may seem painful or they may catch us off guard for the challenges that it brings. We pray that you'd help us to cling to your word, to give attention to it, to guide us and build us and equip us for all that you've called us to do, Lord. We thank you that that the word teaches us about Jesus. We thank you in his name. Amen. Well, as I, I think about uh, a scripture about prayer and I, I think about preaching on prayer, the, 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 the reaction that maybe that I have internally is probably the one that, that you may be feeling inside, which is like, no, not a message on prayer. Because what comes with a message on prayer is 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 either a, the the resolution to do better. Right. Like now I'm going to pray in a way that I have not before or right which sets you up maybe for failure you feel like oh this 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 may last as, as long as my commitment to go to the gym in the new year this may last as long as my commitment to eat differently in the new year which for some of us is like 60 minutes and some of us is like three weeks in either case, you know, January is not over and we've already stopped and reneged on our commitment. Or, or what happens when you hear a sermon on prayers, you think like, this is going to make me feel guilty. I'm going to feel bad. But I think when we react that way, part of it is that we're, we're, we've got an off perspective on prayer. And it exposes our, our off perspective on everything related to prayer to Jesus and the good news the good news is that we are saved by putting our faith and trust in the work of God on our behalf we cannot save ourselves right this is this is basic new testament truth that we're saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God, not from things that we do. And no one can boast. No one can say, I'm smarter, prettier, better, more intelligent, and that's why I'm saved. It's the work of God on their behalf. God sent his son, the Savior, to live a perfect life so that sinners, that's all of us, can put our faith and trust in Christ and receive justification. We, we receive the declaration from God that we are righteous in his sight. And we are cleared of the need, the need to maintain that or to work for it or to earn it. We're free to simply live it, right? What happens, though, is we, we constantly, I think, uh, we're, the, some of you who are younger may not, may not identify with this, right? But, but back in the day, before there were CDs or mp3 players or anything like that we used to have records and if a record got scratched right what what would happen is you'd put the you'd put the needle down on the record and the needle would immediately travel to where the scratch was and the record would skip and stop there and be stuck and it would just repeat itself over and over and over and over again nowadays i think the only reference to records is that like scratchy sound that shows up in television shows right like when the music goes off you know, like that—that that, that was bad. <laughs> in, our, in our minds, often I think we have this—we have these patterns built that 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 we we bypass the grace of God and the character of God, and we get back into this to this pattern of I need to work for this. I need to make sure that I maintain this, or God will be angry at me. He'll be displeased with me, and then stuff will start going wrong. So I need to pray. And when I think about praying, I feel guilty because I don't pray enough. When I, when I think about praying, I think I need to pray more. I need to be better at prayer. And so, so the guilt comes. What I find so interesting about this is if we, if we look at prayer and the things that Paul is, is saying here, we may actually be encouraged about prayer and be encouraged to pray more and to, to work at it like any other skill. Not necessarily judging ourselves all the time, but saying, hey, you know what? This is something that's worth knowing how to do, worth pursuing and getting better at. Right. I'm, I'm in this place right now. Okay. This may be a new year's commitment. I'm like, I am no longer going to pay for someone else to change my oil or anybody in my family's oil. I'm going to change it all myself. Right. And so I like, I got all the tools. Right. And, and I had everything and I researched everything. And I inspected and uh, Sam was pulling into the driveway the other day, just as I realized that the oil filter wrench that I have can't get the oil filter out of my car. But I'd already drained all the oil right <laughs> all the oils out of my car and I'm like I can't go to the store and 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 buy uh, a wrench because I got no oil in my car and so Sam pulls in the driveway I say, hey what are you doing today he said oh, I'm gonna do this 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 is it but first you're gonna go and you're gonna get me this product so that I can change my oil myself right next time I'll be prepared All the other oil filters in my house, I measured them, I checked. Like, you know, will I be able to change them? Do I need anything? There'll be some other thing that will get me off track or some other mistake that I'll make, right? And I'll fix that too. I'm going to get better at it instead of just assuming that I'm going to be an expert from the beginning. Paul talks about prayer, speaking to the Lord, asking the Lord. Reaching out to him and confessing sin, offering thanks, asking for the Lord to change things in our world and to transform us. Prayer is communication with, with God, it is solitary time spent communing with the Father. And so, Paul mentions four big ideas here with relation. To, to prayer and and all of them I think can 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 go astray. We can, we can get completely focused on on the practice of it and, and, and doing it right instead of instead of focusing on the grace of it. So Paul first says this. He says continue steadfastly in prayer. He talks about a prayer that is steadfast or faithful. He he speaks to uh, the Romans, in Romans 12, 12, he says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Did you, hear, did, you, did you hear that? Did you feel maybe the twinge of like, I don't live up to the standard in your soul as I read it? Be constant in prayer, right? Prayer that is, is faithful or steadfast, I think for many of us, feels like daily prayer for three or four hours before the sun comes up. Right? That's the standard. Right? Didn't, didn't the, the, the Reformation heroes pray that much? So that's probably the, 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 the proper amount of, of prayer. right? I don't think that's necessarily what, what Paul is prescribing here. I don't know that he's, he's talking about time spent. Even when he says in, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. I don't know that he's necessarily saying pray every single minute right which is something that i think is easy for us to think of because we live in a world of clocks and schedules right and efficiency and organization so we immediately hear someone say don't stop praying we think like this is to be a continuous activity all the time 24/7 365 days a year pray all the time where what he may be saying is pray outside of prescribed prayer times daniel played, prayed 3 times a day You were supposed to pray in the Old Testament community at at, at times when the, uh, the trumpets were sounded. You were supposed to pray morning and evening. Prayer's not confined just to those specific times. You can pray anytime. Don't give up in prayer might be another thing that Paul is saying is pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. Don't be like, well, I prayed for it once. And now I don't have to pray for it again. Now I don't have to ask the Lord to, to change me or, or move me. There's a, there's, there's a way of looking at these prescriptions that, that makes prayer feel like a weight. And there's a way of, of looking at these things that makes prayer feel weightless. That, that we're, we're free. Listen to, to Jesus' burden when he comes to prayer. His disciples ask him at some point to teach them to pray, but when when Jesus speaks to them about prayer later on in his ministry, he tells them a parable about how to pray and why we ought to keep on praying. Luke chapter 18 verse 1 says, "He told them a parable to the effect that they always ought to pray and not lose heart." Even this parable, by the way, I think when we hear it, can, can go astray. We'll talk about that in, in just a second. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. I love thinking about what it must have been like for this. She kept on coming to him like... This, this doesn't just necessarily mean in his courtroom. I think it, it I like to imagine it like, you know, he's, he's going to market and stopping just before he gets, goes home, you know. Uh, he, his, his wife had told him in the morning, hey, pick this up on your way home. And so he's like gonna stop by the market, right? And as he's paying the guy for uh, whatever it is that he's picking up, suddenly it's like, there's the widow. You know, and she's like, give me justice, and he's like, Ah, you know, like he closes the door to the bathroom and there she is, like, give me justice. And he's ah for a while he refused. But afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, can you imagine? If you're a judge, like, you know, this is this is the way the Bible or Jesus characterizes someone in your profession. Though I neither fear God nor respect man, I mean at least he's emotionally honest. Like he's 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 very aware of himself, right? He's like, I disrespect everybody, I don't respect God at all, but hey. Because she keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. I'm gonna I'm just gonna give her what she wants because she's so persistent. Man, do, do you feel the, 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 the wrinkle in there, right? Like you, you probably do what I do and you're like, is that the way God is about prayer? Like I gotta annoy him? Like a, like, like a, a, a toddler? Mom, 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 mom. At times Nancy would say, I'm gonna change my name. Right? I don't want to hear the word mom another time, right? I don't think Jesus is making a comparison here and saying God the Father is like the judge, right? But that's immediately where we go. What he is saying is that persistence pays off, right? Somebody who who says, hey, you know what? I'm going to... Start swimming today. I dive in the pool, I swim a couple laps, and someone says, wow, you're really good at that. You're actually pretty fast. They're not like, oh, I've got talent. I'm going to go to the Olympic trials and try out, right? Whoa, 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 you're not that good. Like, talent can get you to the Olympics, but it's like talent and a ton of hard work, right? Persistence pays off. That's the lesson. We, we, We get to this place where we have this nagging suspicion that, like, that, that God expects us to persist to change his mind, and that creates I think some, some negative thoughts about God's character. That's not what Jesus is saying at all. I honestly think that the way that we read this parable exposes something about the way that we see God. Right? That, that he is withholding benefits to us that he's stingy with his blessings that we need to convince him to give them to us whereas i think what jesus is saying is that let me just show you an example of some place where persistence pays off he's not referring to the character of the father when he tells the parable hear what the unrighteous judge says and will not God give justice to his elect, his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus' implication in that last line there, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth, I think is a confession of what he knows and experiences, and that's that people give up far too quickly. Instead of persisting and being faithful in prayer and coming before the Lord and asking and asking and asking, they pray once and see no difference and give up. It's not that we've tried prayer and it didn't work. It's that we were not faithful in it. We never really prayed. I think that part of the way that prayer works is, is that when we, when we pray, we really truly have to believe that what we're asking God to do, it, it's not something that... Uh, we have to get to the place where, where we say, unless you move, nothing will change. You know, like, like to, to pray that, 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 that simple things would happen is... Beneath prayer. Right? If if I if I pray, you know, Lord, I pray that you'd keep me absolutely and utterly safe today, and that you wouldn't test me, you wouldn't tax me beyond my resources, you wouldn't you wouldn't trouble me or disturb me at all, you know, that I'd be able to meet every single challenge and that I wind up safe in my bed at the end of the day. Like that's kind of pathetic, isn't it? It's like ultra super safe. There's nothing. What, what's exceptional about that? My, my, my car protected me. You know, I was able to get through the day using all of my own skills and resources. And pretty much my day wound up like every other day that I was alive. Lord, today... I pray that when I meet a challenge that is beyond my ability to handle in my own strength, that I would be able to, to speak your words in your way, in a way that convicts and changes someone's heart and, and life. Lord, please use me in that way. And then something happens and you're like, wow, that was totally of God. That wasn't me at all. We're asking the Lord to do things that are beyond our ability, or at least we 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 should. We're asking Him to change things that are difficult, that are that are big. We're committing our our way to Him, and so we ought to we ought to persist in asking God to do great things for His own glory. So we're to be faithful in perseverance. We're also to be faithful to the pattern. Now, let me, just, let, me, let, me, let me just say one more thing about what I just said. This doesn't mean that we, we can't say, hey, Lord, like, I'm nervous about my breaks here. Would you keep me safe today? Like, that, we're, we can pray for little things. It's just our prayer list tends to pile up with a bunch of little things at times, doesn't it? Little, tiny, safe things. Maybe that's part of the reason why we don't pray because it doesn't feel big enough. He taught his disciples how to pray. Jesus answered their request when they said, teach us to pray. He taught them to pray according to the pattern. When you pray, speak to your, your father, our father. You, you're, my, you're my dad. We're connected to you. Hallowed be your name. hallowed is, is like um, God's name is holy but people don't respect and honor it, you know? You, you, we find that, that there are people who dishonor God's name in the way that they speak, right? They, they use the name of Jesus as a curse, or uh, there are people who dishonor the name of Jesus in the way that they behave. Some Christians may not cuss. But the way they act may defame the Lord, right? So when we pray that God's name would be hallowed, we pray that it would be held in high respect. Lord, may your, your name be honored by the way that I conduct myself today. May, may, may people have greater respect for you on, on the earth. May their hearts be changed and challenged. May, may I live in such a way that, that people would have greater esteem for you. Your kingdom come as Matthew adds this, this extra bit on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, everybody obeys God and responds to his commands immediately. On earth, it's not like that. But we pray that, that your will and your way would be honored today, starting with me and then in, in others. Give us each day our daily bread. Lord, give me, give me what I need. Give me grace to get through the day. This doesn't just mean give me my, my three squares. You know, it's, it's give me the, the peace and the patience and the care that I need in order to, to live how you would have me live. Forgive us our sins as we forgive, as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Lord, protect me. Keep me aware and on guard. Forgive me for the things that I will do. Forgive me in the ways that I will fail and help me to forgive others. The way, the way that we pray, when we, when we pray in this way, we're praying that, that we would be pushed or when we're pushed beyond ourselves, that we wouldn't fail, but that we would succeed, based on the, the grace and power which God supplies. In in part, what we're what we're doing is we're we're like prepping for the day. We're we're praying in this way, asking that God would lead us and guide us, but that He would reveal how it is that He shows us grace and kindness. Uh, a man that uh, uh, was was always around growing up in my Christian life, he was just always there, Rudy Schober. He always used to pray and he'd add this line. You know how some people have got like, they've got their set prayer phrases, but they don't, they don't feel like habitual or fake. It's just like, it's, it's part of their pattern. It's just a, a thing that they say and you notice it in some people's prayer lives. They've got these set lines. Rudy always used to pray. He would say, we'll be careful to give you the praise and the glory. And and that was just instructive to me that, that when I've got, when I, when I face a temptation and I beat it down, you know, like I see it coming a mile off and I completely dodge it. And it's like, that was like a ninja Christian life move right there. You know, I, I totally dodge that temptation. Do I, do I stop and say, Lord, thank you for your goodness or kindness? Or do I say, man, I'm really nailing this Christian thing. Like I'm, I'm crushing it. Right? No, he gave you your daily bread. Right? He, he, didn't, he, he led you around temptation. And we give him the praise and the glory. We say, thank you for what you've, what you've done. Thank you for that. So, so prayer that's faithful is, is faithful in persistence and faithful to the pattern. And it doesn't give up. Again, here's another example of persistence in prayer. Jesus, when he talks about prayer... He's not, he's not doling out guilt by the shovelful, right? What, he, what he's doing so often is he's saying, hey, don't give up. Watch and pray. Keep, keep aware and don't fall into temptation. Like don't, don't give up on this and despair. Keep going, keep praying, keep pushing. Which of you, this is uh, in, uh, in Matthew chapter seven, which of you who has a friend, will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. Oh no, company's coming and I don't have eggs. What else do we tend to run out of? Like onions or another thing, right? It's like, it's like I don't have an onion. And I'm like, I have never said this in my entire life. I need an onion. Nancy will suddenly need an onion. But she, those of you who cook, you understand. I, I, don't, I don't get it. You go to a friend and say, friend, I need, I need three loaves, and he will answer from within. Like, it's midnight. Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my, my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Like, kitchen's closed. House is locked down. I tell you, though, he will not. Will he not get up and give him anything because he is his friend? Or oh, Sorry, I... Totally butchered that. That's totally wrong. I can't get up. I can't give you anything. Though it, it says here in verse eight, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, because of his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. the The point here is the guy's like, "Keep it quiet, man. I'm not getting up. It's midnight. I'm not going to give you anything. Like, kitchen's closed." But the, but the persistence and the constant knocking, if I don't give him what he needs, he's going to wake everybody in the house up. Again, the point is not God's character is such that, like, you've got to threaten to wake up his entire family before he gives you anything. The point here is that persistence pays off. That, that, that persistence is required. If when we pray and we ask God to move... We only ask him to do normal things. How will we ever look at a situation that changes and say, God did that? Right? The resurrection is notable because someone who was dead is now alive. We call that a miracle because that doesn't happen, right? You know, when when someone who has, has been sick... For years is suddenly healed. We call that a miracle because that doesn't happen. When someone's heart suddenly changes. When, when we pray that God would fix an impossible situation and things are suddenly different. We take notice. Because we couldn't have changed that situation on our own. God needed to be involved in order to bring transformation. And so, so Paul points out here to, to continue in prayer and to be faithful in it. Paul also says, second, to, to be watchful in prayer. Constid, continue, continue, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Prayer should be watchful. It should be, should be faithful. We ought to be persistent in it. It ought to also ought to be watchful. Now, now here is where the, the, the terror of having the all-encompassing, cover-everything, like prayer journal, prayed for every last person that I know, pray for them persistently and regularly and constantly. It, there, there can be so much to pray for that you're just like, oh. I don't even know where to start. Watchful, all-encompassing prayer. Instead, I think what Paul is, is pointing out here is that, is that there ought to be a degree of vigilance to prayer. There's a, uh, a way in which I've, I've, I've tried to shift some of my prayer habits in order to to avoid the guilt of never praying for something, right? Uh, when somebody says, hey, will you pray for me? Okay, we're just, we're being vulnerable here, right? I could say, yes, I'll pray for you and set myself up to trouble because I, I, I then agree to pray for them, but then, you know, suddenly I'm thinking about lunch or uh, I need to do something at home. Or I need to write an email. And then like a week later, someone's like, oh, this is what happened. And I'm like, oh, I never prayed for you. Instead, I, I think it's, it's much better to be watchful in prayer and to say, and I'm just I'm talking about me and the way that I live my life here. And when somebody says, hey, would you pray for me about this? It's a good strategy to say, "I will. let's pray right now. Right? Let's do it right now. Why, why set yourself up for prayer? Be vigilant about it. Understand like the way that your flesh and your mind and your habits work. I am not going to remember this until you, you remind me, okay, I'll pray for you. Right? When somebody texts and say, Hey, can you pray for this? Like, Oh, I'll, I'll pray for you. No, 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 no. No, we're going to take like three minutes here before we reply to this text. We're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray. and I'm going to text you back and say, I prayed for you. Now That may sound like, oh, that's all you're going to pray. Well, it's, it's either I'm going I'm to be, I'm going to put myself in a situation where I'm setting myself up for dishonesty. I'm going to forget. I'm never going to pray again. Or I'm going to pray right now and say, I did it. Right? Which is, which is better. Right? I think it's better to, to be vigilant in, in prayer. Jesus warned his disciples to be watchful in prayer, to be on guard and to stay awake. They didn't know when, when the time would come. We can, we can so over, get overwhelmed with, with trying to get a perfect prayer life that we run into like prayer fatigue before we've even started praying. We can't figure out how to do it perfectly, and so we're not going to do it at all. But Paul, Paul says to in Ephesians 6.18, Keep alert in prayer with perseverance and make supplication for all the saints. Right? Prayer email comes out. Print it out. Start working through them. You know, pray. Pray for those prayer requests. Somebody texts you and asks you to pray. If you've got at the time, stop right then and pray and work through it. You know, figure out when you're going to pray, where you're going to pray, and pray. And don't get so wrapped up into the, like, how do I know I'm going to cover it properly with enough? And, you know, we get, we get so bound up into the how sometimes that we never actually do the work and it 's like instead of it just being a conversation with the Lord saying god could you could you show grace to this person could you could you calm their anxious heart? could you help them with this struggle? Would you fix this situation that's going astray instead of just Simply talking to God and asking him to, to do something because he's good and kind and powerful and he's the one who brings change, we think, oh, how am I going to make sure that, you know, that, that this gets done right and properly? You know, it's, we're, 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 we're putting so much structure in there and worrying so much about, about making sure that it gets done thoroughly and properly that we don't get to do The work. Peter, in 1 Peter, says the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. What I'm feeling rolling off Peter there is that that we're, since, since Jesus Went back into heaven, we're in the, the final drive. Like the gospel's going everywhere in the world, and we ought to be we ought to be praying for people regularly and lifting things up. Uh, we prayed for, for an unreached people group this morning. It's like our, our hearts may break for the Sally people. We should pray for them. We prayed for them. their, their info is in the bulletin. Pray for them today, but then like there'll be another group on the calendar tomorrow. And and and, and we may say, oh, but They deserve so much more prayer. So pray for them for the rest of the year. But understand you're giving up praying for somebody else or something else. You know, just be vigilant in it. Be sober-minded and self-controlled. We set up these enormous standards of success and failure with prayer. When what's required is faithfulness. Don't get wrapped up into some kind of trap. I do believe that at times there's this Desire from the flesh to do things perfectly, to pray perfectly. And that gets in the way of praying at all. I think that Satan wants us to have perfect circumstances for prayer. Like I need to pray in a completely quiet environment where, where there'll be no distractions and no interruptions. Rumor has it that John Wesley's mom used to put her apron over her head with all her kids running around. And she would be like, if, if the apron's on my head, don't interrupt me, I'm praying. That was the only environment that she could, she could create for herself to pray. When we're watchful in, in prayer, when we're guarding, we, we will be on guard against the tendencies of our flesh and the temptations of Satan and the challenges of the world that say that, that prayer doesn't really work. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll simply come before our Father and we'll say, Dad, this is what I need. This is what's going on. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what needs power and, and change and transformation. Third, prayer ought to be thankful. Prayer ought to be, ought to be thankful. I think that, that, that there's a... Uh, a fear of God's character that can emerge here. Um, we, we live in a way sometimes, and, and this just comes out in the way that people talk to me and ask me questions about, about God. Like, we don't feel like we can ask God for things to change circumstances and situations because we feel like we've sinned too much, right? I can't can't go to God because I've not been good enough to ask for this. I can't go to God because I haven't been faithful in praying. I can't go. There are all these reasons and rationales why we can't simply walk up to God and say, hey, this is what I need. The good news of the gospel is is that Jesus declares that we are righteous right he was created just like us Hebrew says and and it says that's why we can draw near to God in a time of need when we need grace instead of running away from him and waiting until we're in this perfect pristine condition where we can come before God and say hey I really need your transforming influence in this circumstance we're able to do that at any time Amen. anytime. Part of the, the way that we can put that lie about God's character to rest is to pray with thanksgiving. To rehearse the ways in which God has been faithful to us, to thank God for his many blessings, to, to look at the truly genuine things that we're thankful for and, and the way that, that he has worked In our lives and to cultivate an attitude of thankfulness which will further remind us and teach us about how gracious and kind and good God has been to us. You know, I don't I don't know if you've you've you realize this, right? But there there are well, maybe you do intuitively. Like if you ask somebody's like, Hey, you ever need anything? Just ask me for help, right? And you're like, Hey, can you help me with this? and they're like, No you're like oh, all right and then you ask him again can you help me with this no you're like okay i won't call you anymore but if you're like hey can you help me with this yes can you help me with this yes can you help me with this yes you're like next time i need somebody to do something i'm calling this guy because this guy always tells me no when we look at the way that in which god has been faithful to us and the things that he's done for us and we rehearse those things in our mind and we remind ourselves of them and we say thank you lord we realize that there are so many ways in which he's blessed us and been good to us and kind to us. Paul displays thankfulness for the Lord all throughout this epistle. All throughout the letter, he says in in chapter 1, verse 3, we always thank God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. In verse 12, we're giving thanks to the Father who's qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He prays that they would be rooted and built up in Christ and established in the faith just as they were taught, right? Rooted and grounded in Christ just as they were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Consti- continue, I almost did it again. Continue, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. We, we should make it a habit and this may sound off or greedy or, or grabby to you, but I think that, that just as, as we request things from God and we ought to be bold and eager to say, Lord, could you change this? Could you work here? Could you? We, ought to, we ought to balance that out with thanksgiving as a way of reminding ourselves that he so often answers prayer. We say, Lord, work in this situation, but we never actually come back and say, I prayed and asked, did he do something? Did he work? Did he change? I prayed, the Lord acted, and I said, thank you. And so we're, we're rich in thanksgiving as well as being rich in requests. Paul says in Philippians 4 6 do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and supplication supplication is specifically the asking kind of prayer right Lord would you please supply would you please uh, uh, act in this way in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God you were so good in this situation Lord thank you for that Thank you for answering my prayers. Thank you for, for, for coming through in this situation. I didn't even know I was going to be here. And you met my need. Thank you for that. And so let's be sure to abound with Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving may kind of feel like a, a topping virtue in the Christian life, right? Like something extra that like you do all the obedient stuff and then you, you add it like a cherry on top of a, of a Sunday, right? But look at Romans 12, 1, 21. Paul talks about the condition of humanity, and he's, he's building out this argument of the sinfulness of humanity and how far short of God's standard we've fallen. And listen to the, to, the, to the big offenses that he lists in Romans 1, 21. He says, although they knew God, they did not honor him as God, right? That's a big offense, not honoring God. But listen to what he says. Although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. He puts those two things on par. Now this may sound ridiculous and silly, but I've, I've told you about my, uh, my, my desire. Like maybe you've, you've felt this before. When you give a present to someone, you want them to say thank you, right? You don't, you don't want them to like, you know like hey here's here's a here's a gift you don't want them to be like let me wash your car i'll wash your car for you i don't need that just say thanks just express gratitude thanks i appreciate this this is great thank you the lord experiences that on an infinite level where he gives and gives and gives. And so many people just take these things as if they deserve them, as if they own them, and they never turn back to him and say, thank you. And so the Christian ought to say, God has been good, he's been kind, he has blessed, and I thank him for it. Finally, prayer ought to be purposeful. Uh, it ought not to be like a, a general liability insurance policy, right? Like my, my life insurance premium is due. I will go to the website. I will punch in my numbers. I will hit submit, and I will not worry about it for another year. And the benefit is there, and it exists, right? You know, like it took me all of 30 seconds to secure whatever funding is going to come through should something happen to me in 2020, right? And I forget about it. Prayer should not be like that. Oh, Lord, you know, let me run through my prayers so that I can get about my life and then I'm insured. Prayer ought to be purposeful. Paul asks the Colossians, he says, hey, pray for us. A lot of times our our prayers lack specific purpose. We say, Lord, help me not to sin instead of saying, Lord, you know that I struggle with anger. Help me not to totally lose my mind today if this situation happens. Help me to Keep myself under control. Help me to express grace in the way that you would. Help me to break these, the patterns that I have that are sinful. Be specific in the things that you, you pray for. And Paul asked for clear things when he asked for prayer. He asked for specific prayers. Romans, Romans uh, well, let's just look at, 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 at I'm not going to go anywhere else because we're, we're close we need to be done uh he says at the same time pray also for us this is verse three that god may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of christ on account of which i'm in prison that i make it may make it clear which is how i ought to speak paul asks for an open door right an opportunity to to share he he prays in in or in uh, second Thessalonians 3.1, he asks for prayer from the brothers that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. Praying for, Paul says, hey, pray that there would be opportunities for me to share the gospel. right? Pray that it would come up in conversation. Pray that I would see a need and I would be able to say, hey, here's where Jesus meets your need, meets that need. Pray for open doors. That's super specific. Pray for wisdom in how I speak as I ought to speak, Paul says, that I, that I may make the gospel clear, which is how I ought to speak. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Paul's like the missionary expert here, right? Like black belt missionary. If Paul asks for wisdom in how he speaks, how much more should we all ask? How much more should we pray that that we would be clear instead of just being like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to spit a bunch of words at people and hope that they put their faith and trust in Jesus. No, instead, I say, Lord, help me in this situation. Help me to pray. And then Paul prays for boldness. He asks for uh, for 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 boldness in prayer. That that he, ought to have a, that, the, that he would have an open door, that he would make it clear. In Ephesians 6.19, he says, Pray for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. How many times has an opportunity to share the goodness of what God has done for you or to share something specific about Jesus been dropped into our lap, but because we weren't ready for it, it just kind of moves on. And you're like, oh, I should have said something. I wish I had been ready. Lord, help me to be ready and to be bold so that when that moment comes, I grab it. In this way, when we think about prayer like this, prayer becomes an opportunity to lay hold of our relationship with our Father, instead of instead of feeling like like prayer is a is something that we need to punch our time card on in order to get credit right prayer becomes an opportunity to to be faithful to be watchful to be thankful and to be purposeful it becomes a a source of power It becomes a a source of of strength. It becomes a reminder of God's faithfulness and an opportunity to plan and to strategize and to see God active and evident in the work of our life instead of being a source of of guilt. And that ought to change our perspective. And so Paul challenges the Colossians, just as I believe we ought to all feel this challenge to, to pray faithfully, to pray with our spiritual eyes open, to pray from a heart full of gratitude, and to pray with, with purpose. I ask that as we consider these words, my encouragement to you is to fight off guilt and to fight off the need to have everything arranged perfectly and to have it all figured out Why pray if God's figured everything out from the beginning and everything's gonna happen according to his plan? Why do I pray? We pray because we've been commanded to pray and to be persistent in prayer, right? That's why. Let's move on from from things that would stop us and embrace prayer because God's called us to it and he's given us the opportunity to relate to him in this way. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your goodness. It is amazing that you ask these specks of dust, these tiny creatures that we are to talk with you. It's, it's astounding. We thank you that the Lord Jesus and your servants demonstrated faithfulness in prayer and that they told us to be persistent in it. And so, Lord, I pray that, that we would walk away from this morning Feeling the, the burden of a challenge, but not feeling it in the sense of a weight. But instead that, that we would see the amazing opportunity that we've been given and and be prompted and reminded to pray. That when we receive a request, or when we feel a need that we would say, yes, this is an opportunity to go to the Lord of heaven and earth and to ask him to change my circumstances or to change someone else's. This is an opportunity to be thankful. This is an opportunity to embrace the work that you've done in my life. Lord, I pray that we would not give up, but that we would persist that we would begin the practice of asking you to work because this is what you've called us to, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity. And we pray that we would lay hold of it with joy and not receive it as a burden, Lord. Thank you for your goodness and your kindness. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing a closing oh, song together.